Hey everyone, thank you again for joining us for another edition of Jeremy Cook Ministries. We pray that this episode would be a blessing to you. We pray that it would encourage you and strengthen you, even challenge you. As you know, we go through times of seasons. We go through times of testing. And in this message today, we're going to learn about Abraham in Genesis chapter 22, about how God tested Abraham, what our response is to the test of life. When God tests us, are we willing to lay things down when God tests us? Let's go into the service, and we hope that you enjoy this message. Your Bibles, go with me this, this evening to the book of Genesis chapter 22. The book of Genesis chapter 22, we're going to just... We're just going to read a few verses of scripture here this, this, uh, this evening. And if the Lord will help me, I'll try to stick close to my notes. Uh, I've got some things jotted down here and wrote down that I want, that I feel like that, uh, that the Lord gave me. And I want to share these to you. In Genesis chapter 22, let's begin reading at verse number one. Genesis chapter 22 Begin reading at verse 1. The Bible says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. Now who is doing the testing here? God. God tested Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. And verse 3 says, So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. For a few minutes, I want to talk to you if the Lord will help me tonight on a simple thought, when God tests you, when God tests you, if I had a subtitle, I normally don't put subtitles to my message, but if I had a subtitle tonight to this, I would simply ask the second question, what are you willing to lay down? What are you willing to lay down when God tests you? As we know, I uh, we remember when we were in school. As a matter of fact, when I had the privilege of teaching for several years in, in the public school system when we lived down in Florida... And even still, the thing that most students hated the most was test-taking day. Yeah. Now, it used to be, if, if we're all kind of part of the, of the same flow in the vein, we understand that usually when we went to school, usually everything that we learned through the week, we would take the test on Friday. Friday, when I was growing up in school, was always test-taking day. 
That was when we would take the test about everything that we learned during the week. Now in school, that's kind of changed. That's kind of changed a little bit. That's kind of uh, tests can really fall on different days. And, and of course, we all dread the days when the teacher would walk in, close the door and tell everybody, all right, everybody put everything away, put your books away, just get out a pencil because now you're getting ready to have a what? A pop quiz. And then you think to yourself, oh my goodness, I haven't studied, I haven't looked over anything. What is this going, what is this going to, what is this going to reveal about me? And now in the public school forums, we now have what is called standardized testing. And usually towards the end of the year, everything that those students have learned, they're going to be tested on. They're going to be they're going to be quizzed on to see whether or not how one how effective that teacher was in, uh, in in teaching the material, and to see whether or not if those students are making progress. And so I begin to think about the nature of a test, and I begin to think about test that we face in life. And I begin to understand this. Here is the definition of a test. Webster's Dictionary defines a test as a procedure intended to establish the quality, performance, or reliability of something, especially before it is taken into a widespread Use. So before something is getting ready to be pushed out to the forefront, before something is getting ready to be launched into circulation for mass consumption, it has to be put through a number of what we what, what the consumer industry will call trials or tests. Why? Because they need to see, they need to establish, is this thing that I'm getting ready to put out into the forefront, is the thing that I'm getting ready to market to everyone, is it of good quality? Is it of good performance? Is it of good reliability before that we put it out there for everyone to for everyone to be consuming this? And how many knows if you put something out there and all of a sudden something becomes wrong with it and there was something that was defective about it that we that 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 the that the inventors did not know about, then what we do is now we then we have to recall that back and we have to issue a recall because wait a minute, there was something that was defective about this product that we didn't know about. Is it true that sometimes God will test us? That sometimes God wants to prove us before he places us in the position that he is wanting for us. See, let me ask you this question. What is the purpose of a test? That we go through. Here is what I have found out about a test. A test does not produce faith. Nothing that you go through will produce faith inside of you. But what I do know is this. Is that every test. Everything that we've had to go through. Everything. 
that we have to face. While it does not produce faith, it will always reveal the faith that we have. You see, who you are will really show up when the squeeze is put on you. Who you really are on the inside of you, what you really are in the heart will show up when the heat's turned up. Come on, you ain't going to help me preach right now. What is really only, that's the reason why Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That is the reason why, that is the reason why that when we go through things, if you really want to see what somebody is like, see them when they're mad. If you really want to see what somebody is like, see them when they're when 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 they are upset. But who you really are will be revealed in the testing. How you really measure up to something will will reveal itself in the time of testing. It'll reveal you. You'll reveal what it'll be revealed. Listen, you you can't you can't be a man or woman. Of faith and integrity, unless you, unless that faith and that integrity is tested. What I have understood more often than not is that God will test you. God will test you not so much because He needs to figure out something, but God at times will test you because He wants to reveal something in you. He needs to reveal something in you, and more. Often than not, there are times in our life before we get that promotion, before that God takes us to that next place. Even, even in the business world, more often than not, if we're ever up for a promotion, if we're ever up for an advancement, more often than not, they don't just come. Sometimes they'll come in and tell us, okay, well, starting tomorrow, this is this is your new role and this is your new responsibility. But sometimes they will come in and say, hey, you're up for a review. You're up for, you're up for a promotion. You're up for a raise. So come into this office and let's sit down and let's evaluate, let's evaluate the standards, let's evaluate what you've been doing. And you sit in that little room with your supervisor across the way from you and they say, okay, well this, this is going on and you've done this and you've done that. All right, so that's all well and good. So now we're getting ready to give you a raise. You've been faithful. You've done your work the way that you're supposed to. So now we're gonna give we're gonna give you a raise. But if not, sometimes they'll look at you and they'll say, "Well, I you you're not meeting these expectations, and you need to work on this a little bit." So we're gonna put you maybe on a probationary period. I have found out that just as in the world, sometimes we have to face a test. God will put us through the test of life to reveal what is on the inside of us. That's what God did. That's what God did to Abraham. God tested Abraham. In Genesis chapter 22, we the Bible says that came to pass after this that God tested Abraham. Now this wasn't actually unusual for Abraham because God has tested Abraham times in the past. 
As a matter of fact, Genesis chapter 12 reveals a test that God would give to Abraham when he tells Abraham, Abraham, get up, leave your family, leave your country, leave everything that you know that is familiar to you, and go out into a land that I am going to show you. And Hebrews chapter 11 will tell us that by faith, Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. Abraham and God would give Abraham another test. When he when him and Sarah desired a son. You remember, you remember that story while 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 Abraham is standing in his tent door. He looks out over the, over the horizon in Genesis and he sees three men coming walking towards him. And Abraham goes and he runs toward those three men and the Bible says that he bows down and he begins to worship because he, he recognizes one of them. Now he's not worshiping angels because I believe that the man in the middle was a pre-incarnate form of Jesus Christ. Why do you say that? Because you don't worship angels. And so Abraham bowed down and he began to worship. And there was a promise that was given to Abraham that Sarah heard in the tent door. And he said, you're going to conceive and you're going to bear a son. And we know Sarah laughed at that. Sarah didn't understand all of that because of the old age that they were. The Bible says that they were well past the age of conception and conceiving. But God said, you've got to trust the process. You've got to trust what I'm, you've got to trust what I am saying. And the Bible says that, God, that Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. But then we come to Genesis chapter 22 and the Bible says that now God tests him again. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 22 that Isaac has been born. This child, this son of promise has been born, has been given to him. This, this, this promise that Abraham and Sarah have been, have been waiting for for 25 years what they have been waiting for, what they have been praying for, what they have been hoping for, God shows up and finally says, okay, I've given you the promise. Now, you've got to give it back to me. Yeah. And just like that, God begins to test Abraham. Because here's the question. What do you do when the plan of God Seems to contradict the promise of God. Oh. What do you do when the plan of God seems to contradict the promise of God? And here's what I understand. Here's what I understand. God will bring us to places where we learn the difference between trusting the promise versus trusting the promiser. Alright, you ain't going to help me preach. Because see, sometimes we will get in a place where we think that the promise is our source. 
We think that the job is our source. We think that the education is our source. We think that the home that we live in is our source. We think that the car that we drive is our source. We think that the ministry that we are in is our source. But we've got to understand this one thing. The promise has never been our source. There's only one source and it is God himself. Jesus Christ is our source. And it's time that we understand and we come to the realization the money in my pocket is not what sustains me. The things that have been prophesied over me is not what sustains me. The ministry that I am in is not what sustains me. The job that I have is not what sustains me. And even though at times the promise may, the, the, the plan may contradict the promise, my source is not in the materialistic things, but my source is in God Almighty. And could it be that God is looking at Abraham and he is saying, do you trust me more than you trust the promise? Do you trust me more than you trust what you hold in your hands? Oh, this is, this is going to get deep here for a minute because here's the thing. There is a place that God is wanting to bring us to. There is an access in His favor that God is wanting to bring us to. But here's what I felt like the Lord spoke to me as I was preparing this. He, he began to tell me, He said, Your level of access will never exceed your level of commitment. That's good. Your level of access will never Exceed your level of commitment. If your commitment level is very low, your access to important things is going to be very low. Oh, I, I, I love I love watching I love watching I love watching crime dramas. I, just there's just something about crime dramas that I, that I, that uh, that. Uh, that I love. We we've been watching. Uh, we've been watching, and, and nobody get mad at me. But we've been watching. Jessica's never watched the X Files, and so we've been watching. So we've been watching the X Files on 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 Hulu, and I, I, for some reason I'm always amazed at. We talk about levels of credentialing. Well, you can't access this place because. Because you don't have the right levels of you don't have the right levels of credentialing. You don't have you know this this you know you now you can go over here. That's a level one credential. But if you want to get over here, you know that's a level five credentialing. And the only people that can access this people, I mean, that it's the top. It's the top of the food chain. It's the it's the very it's the very top. And here's what I realize: people in their walk with God, they're content with staying at a base level. They're, con they're, they're, they're content with just being saved and on their way to heaven. They don't want anybody else to expect anything of them. They don't want anybody else to, to, really, uh, to really do, to really expect too much of them because they understand that the more that is, the, the, the more access there is, the more commitment that there has to be on that level. And God is 
looking, and God is looking at Abraham, and he's asking Abraham this question. Are you satisfied with what you have in my hand? Or are you needing a deeper revelation of who I am? Because if you commit yourself completely to me, I'll show you a deeper revelation of who I am than anything that you could ever dream. See, God will always bring you to a place. Because here's, here's what he says. Here's what he tells Abraham. He says, there's a certain place I need you to go to. There's a certain place I'm needing you. There's a certain place I'm needing you to be. This okay tonight? There's a certain place I'm needing you to be. You go to this certain place. And here's what I know. God will always bring you to a place to reveal the depths of your devotion to Him. I'm going to say this again. God will always bring you to a place to reveal the depths of your devotion to Him. You see, I think we need, I think we need to re-examine how we view certain tests and trials that we go through. This is not in my notes, but I, but I just want to hit this for just about 10 seconds. Why do we blame everything on the devil that we don't like? Right. Come on. Yeah. I mean, come on. Us Pentecostal charismatic Christians, if we don't like it, we automatically start rebuking and binding the devil. Don't like that, so that must be of the devil. Can I tell you, the Bible actually talks about, in the book of Psalms, the writer of Psalms, I believe it is, it's in Psalms, it, it, it's in one of the Psalms, says that it is actually God that brings them to a place called wits in. It's as a place that God will bring them to the end of themselves. What I have found out more often than not, that sometimes the places that I find myself in, the enemy didn't bring me there. And the enemy didn't do it, but it was actually God bringing me to a place to reveal some things in me and through me. And in this, again, God will always bring you to a place to reveal the depths of your devotion to Him. Remember the children of Israel? You know the reason why He took them into the wilderness? The Bible says, I took them into the wilderness to show them what was in their heart. I made them thirsty. Oh, we, we, we don't like preaching this. God made them thirsty. God made them hungry. Why? To reveal what was in their hearts. And in this... God at times will bring us to that place. And that is what he did with Abraham. He brings Abraham to a place. And he says, Abraham, even though, even though that the plan seems to contradict the promise, are you willing to trust me? And here's the important key here. Abraham trusted God even when he didn't understand it. 
So two points I want to give you here. Abraham trusted God even when he didn't understand it. And Abraham trusted God even when he didn't feel like it. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine? You're holding the promise. You're holding every blessing that God has promised you up to that point in your hand. And God says, give it back. I need it all back. Give, it, give every ounce of it back to me. And Abraham, there's no indication here that Abraham debates God. There's no indication here that Abraham wanted to put a fleece out before God to see, well, God, is this really you speaking to me or is this really not you speaking to me? Abraham didn't get on the phone with all of his friends and his buddies and say, hey, can, uh, didn't, didn't call the church board together and say, hey, can, can y'all give me some advice on how to handle this? What do you think would be the best course of action to do? No, the Bible says that in verse 2, when he said, now take your son, your only son, and offer him back up to me. The Bible says the very next morning, Abraham's getting up and he's saying, let's go. I don't understand it. I may not even don't feel like it, but I know that I have heard the voice of the Lord. And we've got to understand, we don't have to understand everything to walk in the direction that God has commanded us to go. You see, Abraham here... I believe Abraham is using his history with God to know this one thing. If I can trust him then, if I can trust him when I didn't have a son, if I can trust him when I didn't have the promise in my hand, okay, I'm going to throw this mic down and run because I feel it in my soul. If I can trust him back then, then I know that I can trust Him now. What we've got to understand is, is that if I can trust Him back then when I didn't have anything, I, can be, I should be able to trust Him right now when the blessing that I do hold in my hand, God is saying, hey, I want that back. Give that back to me. Offer that to me. Regardless of the situation, regardless of how we may not understand it, regardless of how we may not even feel like it, we can stand and say, I know he's been good to me before. I know that he's been with me in before. I know that he's helped me before. I know that he that he's that he's always been with me no matter what. I know that he's never failed me. I know that he's never forsaken me. I know that he has never let me down. So if I can trust him through all of that, I can trust him through this. Amen. And this is what Abraham tells them. Abraham is going to tell them. In verse 5 of this chapter, he says, they get to the place and Abraham tells them, he says, I'm, me and the boy are going to go worship. It's an interesting picture here because this is the first mention in all of the Word of God that we have a mention or a picture of worship. 
Nowhere else before, before Genesis chapter 22 do we have, does the word worship ever used. This word worship that Abraham is describing is a word that means to bow down. And Abraham is saying we are going to go, we're going to bow ourselves before the Lord. Oh, I wish I had time to preach a little bit tonight about proper worship. But Abraham and his son walked by faith because he knew that he could trust the promiser. Knew that he could trust the promiser because here's what the Bible says. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verses 17 through 19, Abraham by faith is willing to offer his son Isaac on that altar. Because the Bible says that he knows he knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is the promise that God gave him. And he doesn't understand it all. Doesn't, doesn't understand fully what God is asking him to do. But he's saying, I'll do what God has commanded me to do. And if God wants to raise him up from the dead to continue to fulfill his promise, then I know that God can raise him from the dead. But here's the interesting thing. Abraham didn't have a reference point. There was nothing that he could go back to to look and say, okay, well, this is, this is how God's going to work all of this out. We love the reference points. We, we, we love to be able to look at things and say, well, it, 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 it was this. It, it, it's been this way. See, that's the reason why. That's the reason. And we Christians, especially Pentecostals, we're bad about it. If it works one time, we'll wear it out for the next 50 years. Amen? Amen. See, that's okay. I'm going to go on a rabbit trail here. See, that's the reason why that we, that's the reason why. Have you ever noticed in the book of Acts, you never get an inside picture of what any worship service or any church service looks like in the book of Acts? You know why? Because if the book of Acts would have told us that the upper room had blue carpet, then we start judging every church in the land on whether or not they had blue carpet on the floor. Yeah, yeah amen. 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 And so, so we love those reference points. Well, it was good back then, and so bless God, we ain't going to change anything. Abraham didn't have that reference point. Abraham didn't have a re- Abraham didn't have a reference point to say, you know, well, this is God. This is how God kind of works something similar. You know, back 20 years ago, this was all new. This was, this was a new test. But here was the thing that Abraham understood. Abraham understood that anything was possible with God. Amen. Abraham understood anything was, was possible with God. How did he prove this? Because they're going up the mountain. Isaac looks at him and has a simple question. Dad, um, you've got the fire, you've got the wood, 
But where's, where's the offering? Where is the sacrifice? And listen, listen, listen to Abraham's response. Abraham's response is God will provide for himself the lamb. God will provide for himself the sacrifice. I don't know how this is going to happen. But one way or another, God is going to provide. How's he going to provide? Don't know. How's God, how's God going to come through for you? Don't know. How, how is God going to heal you? Don't know. How's God going to pay your bills? Don't know. How's, how's God, how's God, how's God going to save your family? Don't know. But I know that he will. I don't know how he's going to heal me, but I know that he will. I don't know how, I don't know how he's going to provide for all of my needs, but I know that he will. I don't know how he's, I don't know how he's going to provide all the different things that need to be provided. And I'm walking this journey. All I know is that I've had a mandate from God. Even the promise that I have walking with me that God says, give back to me. He said, and, and, and I don't know how I'm going to get that promise back, but I know that God is faithful. Here was the question that God asked me today. Are you willing to make the sacrifice that God demands? Are you willing to make the sacrifice that God demands? If God asked for it, would you be willing to give it to Him? If God asked for it, would you be willing to give it to Him? Well... Well, Brother Jeremy, I, I, I don't believe that. Well, then you don't believe Bible. Because Jesus speaking in Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, He says, If anyone, if anyone will come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. He says, if you're going to be my disciple, anything I want, I get from you. If I ask for your money, I get your money. If I ask for your family, I get your family. Oh, well, I don't believe you. Well, listen, listen. Then you don't believe Jesus. Because Jesus uses some pretty strong words when he says, if any man come after me and hate not his father and mother, yea, even his own life is not worthy to be my disciple. Well, I thought that God was a God of love. He is a God of love. What he is, what he is talking about there is he is talking about a comparison. He says, compared to your devotion to me, it ought to look like you hate everything else. If anyone is going to come after him, and doesn't that fly in the face of American Christianity? That teaches that if you have enough faith, you'll have a big bank account, you'll drive the nicest car, 
You'll live in the nicest house. And if you're and if you don't have if you don't have money, then you must not have enough faith. That's a lie from the pit of hell. But here's the thing. He said, because if anyone will come after me, he's got to deny himself, take up his cross. You've got to lay down your life. So whatever it is that he wants, you've got to give it to him. But look at the rewards of this. When we refuse to withhold anything from God, he opens his hand to us and provides us with what we Need. Because as they are going up one side of the mountain, up the other side of the mountain is the need for when they get to the top is the answer to the need. And Abraham receives a revelation of the Lord in that moment. That he had not known before. Because it is in that place. That God reveals himself. As Jehovah. Jack. The Lord. That. Provides. Here's what I want to tell you tonight. And I'm bringing this to a close. On the heels of your obedience. God will always reveal Himself to you in a fresh way. On the heels of your obedience, God will always reveal Himself to you in a fresh way. You see, if He would have never, if Abraham would have never obeyed, He would have never been able to know God on the level that He just knew God. And then, at the end of all of this, God tells him. Because you've done this. Because you would not withhold anything from me. He says, it's now going to be through your seed that all the nations of the world are going to be blessed. Can you imagine this blessing? I want to encourage you tonight in this one simple truth. Your blessing is on the other side of your test. Your blessing is on the other side of the test. Now, I've been on both sides of that from an education standpoint. I've taken the test and I've gotten that paper back and there's a big fat F on it. And walk away dejected. How in the world did this even I thought I studied. I thought I did. I thought I, I thought I knew them. I thought I knew the material. And then there were, and then there have been times that I've taken the test and I've gotten that A that's on there. 
Because you see, in the education world, I know it's changed a little bit, but at least when I was growing up, in order to be promoted to the next level, there had to be a standard that you had to hit. There had to be a benchmark. I mean, to go from kindergarten to first grade, you got to at least know how to recognize your shapes and colors and your letters and numbers and all of those different types of things. If you can't do that, you can't be promoted. You're talking to somebody who failed the seventh grade. I failed the seventh grade. There was nothing more, there was nothing more dejecting to me. Now this was before, this was before schools gave people 78 tries to be able to pass something. That used to frustrate me when I was a teacher. When I when I taught, when I taught in school, they would just keep on telling me, you know. Well, I, I told them the assignment was that they haven't done any of the work all year long. They've been sitting in class and they've been slacking. And two days before school's supposed to be out, I'm supposed to gather all the work back up for them and give them one more opportunity to do it. That would frust- I'm just being honest with you. That frustrates me. That would frustrate me as a teacher. Because me growing up in school, I didn't have those opportunities. And there was nothing like getting that report card at the end of the school year and on it, in my seventh grade year, it said, retained. And knowing that next year, I have to show back up. While all my friends and all my buddies got promoted to the next level because I slacked off. Because I rebelled, because I did the things that I wasn't supposed to do, because I didn't behave in the way that I was supposed to behave, I've got to repeat this whole level over again so that hopefully I can be promoted. And there was nothing like at the end of that second go around to get that report card and say, promoted. Because I realized that the mistakes that I made that first time around, I'm not going to make them again because I don't want to be, I don't want to be the guy sitting in seventh grade with a beard. Right. <laughs> your promotion is on the other side of your test. Yeah. So here's the question. Will you pass the test? Will you pass the test? Because the season that you're in right now, the season that I'm in right now, wherever that we find ourselves in life, will determine what comes on the other side. You know, the children of Israel walked around the same mountain for 40 years because they could not learn the lessons that God wanted them 
to learn. What do you do when God tests you? Or what are you willing to lay down? Is there something that God's asking you to lay down? Is there something that God is saying, hey, you've put this, this thing. Maybe your devotion to this is more devoted than it is to me. Can I just tell you? Can I tell you the number one thing that really wrecks a lot of Christian families? Sports. There's nothing against sports. Nothing against little Bobby playing baseball or football or anything like that. But I've seen people, I've seen families and ministry that would bankrupt and mortgage the home for little Bobby to play travel ball. But then come to us and say, well, I can't afford to send my kid to church camp. Or to say, well, I couldn't pay my tithe because, you know, I haven't been to church in three months because, you know, little Sally Sue's got soccer games on Sundays and Wednesdays. Oh, it got deep right there for a minute. Well, God, can God have that? Maybe it's something different for each of us. But whatever it is, can God have that? Would you be willing to lay it upon the altar? Would you be willing to lay it upon the altar? And say, God, you can can have that. I don't. If you're asking for it, because my devotion and God always rewards greater for the sacrifice than if you ever kept it in your hand. I don't know about you, but I want to pass the test. Amen. Stand with me all over this house. Hey everyone, I hope this message was a blessing to you. Hope it challenged you. Hope it encouraged you. Hope hope that it showed you to see how good God is in your life. We hope that uh, it really just shows you that you can trust God no matter what you are facing, no matter what you're going through. And so we want to hear from you. If our ministry has been a blessing to you, email us. Let us know. Let us know that this has been a blessing to you. JeremyCookMinistries at gmail.com is our email address. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you'd like to give to us, uh, we have a few ways that you can give to us. You can give to us uh, through PayPal at JLCook716 or you can give through or you can go through our cash app Our cash app is Jeremy Cook Ministries. Jeremy Cook Ministries is our cash app. 
And so, but the most important thing that you can do is just pray for us. But we love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next time. God bless.